0: All right, so today is mostly gonna be me, Zandra. Zandra, because <laughs> I am gonna tell the story of struggling with mental health my whole life. Is your microphone okay?
1: It's inside your shirt. That's it's collecting it's me. If I asked. I'll fix it though. I just a shoot. Um. Know. So I. Yeah, we're gonna tell
0: the story basically, and for me as an educator. I'm really passionate about this topic because a lot of girls go undiagnosed their whole life um, because we're girls. And we do this thing where it's called, like, I don't even know the exact name of it. But basically, we mimic the people around us in society that masks our symptoms. So Wait,
1: explain that more because I think I relate.
0: Yeah, so girls in society versus boys, we have this thing where we mask our symptoms to what we're around. um, So we don't show what we're going through, which causes... Females, especially female children, to not get diagnosed until they're in like middle school, hmm. because they're even as kids they're masking what they're around.
1: That's kind of crazy. Yeah, so for like innately do that. Yep, you know what I mean. That's not.
0: That's why a lot of girls don't get diagnosed, and that's why like autism and ADHD pre- presents itself differently in young females. Well, that, children. and
1: it's also like for some reason men believe that women are like dramatic about things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like in my like, relationships, people were always like, oh, she's being so dramatic. Like when I cut my fingertip off, for example. Yeah. And it's like, no, like part of my finger is missing. Like <laughs> I didn't. I'm not being dramatic. Like it hurts, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's like that's just a small example, but like yeah, they always think that we're being so dramatic, and it's like no. Some people like are really in touch with their feelings, and they're honest, you know. Whereas like other people do exaggerate a little bit. So, you gotta take some things with a grain of salt, but mental health is kind of a whole another monster. With that, yeah.
0: So, my story I'm really passionate about. A little backstory is my mother's an educator. She has her master's in a reading specialist, and she's an assistant principal right now. Or so, I grew up in the education field. So, when I was in kindergarten, yeah, it all started back in kindergarten. I'll tell you guys what I'm diagnosed with now at the end. But I, when I was in kindergarten, I saw the guidance counselor almost every day after school and sometimes during school for anger management. Jeez. I wasn't being destructive during class um, because I would mask to class. Um, it was nothing ever happening in school, so that's why I wasn't really being taken out of school. It was more the guidance counselor doing it as a favor to my mother because she worked there. Um, but yeah, so it was at home. I had no control over my anger at all. And I was causing damage to the home, to my family. So yeah, I was seeing for anger management. Um, Also, when I was in kindergarten, I was seeing the reading specialist because we only did a half-day kindergarten program because in New Hampshire, kindergarten is not a required class. So I was seeing the reading specialist every day. But the issue was, is that I didn't fall on the spectrum of like needing that help. But I also like wasn't excelling where I was supposed to be so that only lasted in kindergarten still saw the guidance counselor all the way to like third grade then she moved and I tried to see the new guidance counselor but those who know what like it's like finding a therapist like we just didn't connect and it was the same idea and my third grade teacher was my mom so I got a little bit more like empathy from her not to say that she like compromised her teaching I think she just knew what she was getting in with me and more so how to handle me because she saw me at home in that day you know what I mean so then in fourth grade there was a huge meeting because I basically was failing geography to this day I could not tell you where any of the states are or their capitals but like that's a state mandated thing in fourth grade I have no
1: yeah I, mean, I didn't idea. learn songs mm-hmm. yeah no you know mm-hmm. like the Alabama that song
0: no From because Alaska I couldn't Arizona,
1: do it Arkansas you know that song Damn, girl. And then you do one for the states, the, mm. the capitals, too. I couldn't tell you that one. But I remember that state song. Yeah. I could not tell you. I could probably tell you, like, ten states. Oh, my God. I know them all in alphabetical no, order.
0: I do not know any of them. So that happened. And then middle school came. And that's when, like, things really started to shift for me. Um, I struggled with bulimia and anorexia and body dysmorphia. And I w- got
1: myself down to a hundred pounds, and, and let's keep in mind, I don't know if you guys know Xandra, but she's not a small girl. Mm-mm. She a thick bitch, Mm-mm. and she like it that way. So Xandra at a hundred pounds, I'm tiny, and we're like the same height. She's like got a few inches on me, and I'm not even a hundred pounds. I'm like one forty.
0: Yeah, I got myself down to a hundred pounds. Um, I don't know how. I don't know what was going on. Well, my parents were also going through a nasty divorce at the time.
1: Um, oh, so That's definitely a part of it. Yeah, my
0: sister was doing her own shit, and she needed a lot more attention. For those who know my sister, I love her, but she needed a lot more attention than I did. And so I got myself down to 100 pounds between fifth grade and eighth grade, and, like, I wanted to get lower. I wanted to get lower. Um, Jeez. I would spend a lot of my times crying. I'd have mental breakdowns or just crying in middle school. And it got this is not like yeah, this is a hard story. So I love my mother. I do, I really do. I love my mother and whether she remembers this or not, I don't know. So I finally told her in the car one night on the way home.
1: I was How like, old were
0: you? It was in eighth grade. Okay. And I said, Mom, I need help. I'm self harming. And she's like said, cutting
1: yourself, just to
0: yeah. clarify. She looked at me dead in the eye and goes are you doing this for attention? Nice. So I never went to her for anything after that. Nothing happened. Um, I went away this that summer with my best friend, Abby, and I came back. And I just was like, I was going for high school sports. And I said, like, I can't freshman year basketball. I was playing basketball, and I, I fainted on the court. And basically, I was like, if I want to keep playing sports and keep living up the life I'm in, like, I can't, because I would not eat breakfast, I would not eat lunch, and then I would have half of whatever my mother served me for dinner. So, I wasn't fully anorexic, but then I would throw it up. So, yeah, I don't know how I lived. I don't know how I was alive for that long. So, I am, like, grateful that I'm alive right now. And so, that was, like, what I did. And... Yeah. So then I basically gave myself a wake up call. I thought I did. I got my sophomore year boyfriend and he broke up with me and I didn't handle it like a normal person should have. Like it got to the point where like it happened at school and I was I would just start crying and like it was hysterical sobbing. And we only been together for four months. And I'll be honest, look back at that time, I didn't really love him. Like, I just liked the attention he was giving me. You just liked being loved. Yes, exactly. I didn't really, like... I wasn't really in love with him, and he wasn't really in love with me. Um, Knowing what love is now with Alex, like, I can honestly say, like, that was not love. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were just two, like, kids figuring out what dating is and, like, actually dating. So, I didn't handle it well. Um, A school psychiatrist tried to get my mother to pick pick me up, and she... Basically said, like, because we had a concert that night, I was supposed to go with my friends. She was like, if you get picked up from school, I'm not taking you to the concert. So, yeah, that happened. And so I stayed, but I basically stayed in the female school psychologist's office the entire time. And something that I've always been praised on is that I can articulate words very well and articulate my thoughts very well when I sit down and think about what I'm going to say. So, she did that, and she started asking me, like, a bunch of questions, and I was, like, answering them, answering them, and she was like, I would really like to sit with your parents and have a meeting with them, and I think we need to find you, like, a psychologist who can give you dedicated time.
1: Yeah, like, outside. Too. Yeah,
0: because, like, the school psychologist isn't really, like, that's socialized. not really what she's there for, and I also didn't have a diagnosis diagnosis still in high school. So we did that, and I went to this like psychologist who was an old lady woman and she basically couldn't relate to me at all and she just didn't give me the attention I want. And so like when I first met her that day, and this will make more sense when I explain my diagnosis, the day we met, I was a mess. I was crying, I was sad, and I was like yada yada. The next day I'm like normal me, like la ha ha life is great And she was like, okay, you're fine. Like, you don't need to come to me. Um, And then I'd go back and I'd be, like, sad or I'd be angry. And then I was like, I'm done. I don't need you. Like, you're not helping me at all. And so from senior year of high school for the past year, I've gone through three therapists. And the issue is, is that coping skills don't work for me at all because my issues are biological. No matter the coping skills I get from like a therapist, they are not going to help me. So I saw my doctor, Amy, and I was like, Amy, listen, like I have tried therapy. I've tried all these things. I even became a certified yoga instructor over um, COVID. And I've tried all these things and nothing's helping me. Like, I don't know. So we put me on Lexapro 10 milligrams, which is the standard starting point.
1: And can you explain what that drug is? Because so like, people yeah. like me, I have no idea.
0: It's an antidepressant, anti-anxiety in one. Gotcha.
1: And we put me on that.
0: That worked for a few months. Then it stopped. So we upped it to 20. That worked for a few months. But I was still, like, wasn't sleeping at night because the way I work, like, I don't sleep because I stare there and think about all the possible things that happened Today that were gonna affect my day tomorrow like everything like that. Um, so I wasn't sleeping at night. So he put me on buspirone, but that actually made it worse. Me not sleeping, it just kind of heightened it, um, which is a stronger antidepressant med. Okay. So then she said, "I think it's time you go see." Our practices psychiatrists, which if you don't know the difference, a psychiatrist can diagnose medicine and a, um, give you an official diagnosis. Where a psychologist can give you an official diagnosis, but they can't prescribe you medicine. So I did that, and it was a two-hour-long Zoom meeting, and we left finally having a diagnosis for me. Mind you, I am not, it was I'm 21 at the time that I finally get diagnosed um, ADHD, dyslexia, and, um, generalized anxiety, which ties into the next one, which is emotional instability. So emotional instability is very uncommon. Um, basically my brain hand, so I spent my whole life being 12 and dramatic. And
1: And if he knows Andrew, it does come off that way with some things.
0: And so I find it very hurtful when people call me dramatic because I never had control over my emotions at all. So, yeah, so my whole life, I spent my whole life being dramatic, called dramatic and emotional and excitable. And like, I didn't understand. It's like, this is just how I feel. Like, why? Like, I'm sorry. Like, how do I control? I don't know how to control this. This is like my generalized feeling right now. So, basically, emotional instability means that I feel everything ten times or five times stronger than the average person feels. So, when you're happy
1: or when you think you're happy and, like, you're sitting there and you're smiling. Yeah, Xandra's like, on crack and, like, ready to, like, she's, like, a kid at a playground Mm -hmm. for the very first time.
0: Yeah, I'm, like, yeah, kid at a candy store. Think about me like that. I'm, like, holy gosh, that's candy?
1: Yeah, Like, like, literally,
0: that is how she is. That's how she talks, everything. And then when I'm sad, that's when I hit the depression state. Like, I'm suicidal which is sad and scary but like I get so sad and that this is what difference from bipolar because di- bipolar has manic episodes of highs and lows I have manic episodes in every emotion when I'm angry I want to put a hole in the wall at 18 like that's not a normal thing for a female to do um yeah so all my emotions are heightened so like The reason anxiety plays into that is like another diagnosis was to get me a little bit more help on the medication side because when you're nervous, my nerves are anxiety. But that just ties into the emotional instability because like every emotion that everyone feels, I biologically feel so much stronger.
1: Deeper, yeah. Yeah,
0: so it's not anything I have control over, which is why the coping mechanisms never helped me. And why I was still able to articulate my feelings, which you aren't necessarily always able to do in a depressive state, it's because that's just who I am. And it's been very hard for me this past, especially my new job, um, dealing with my emotions. But we finally got me on a medication regimen that I think is helping. I don't know. Katie can talk from the outside point of view. I don't see you enough in person (laughs) to know. So I am now on 30 milligrams of Lexapro. Which is not normal. Like, the pharmacy doesn't even, like, give me that. I have to bite into my pill to get it to be 30 because they won't even do that. But it's okay. It's, like, doctor prescribed. This what psychiatrist and I recommended because the Lexpro worked in the beginning. So I'm just, like, overdoing it. And then I have a medical marijuana card. Um, I live in the city of New Hampshire, obviously. And this card has really helped me, like, with the ability to decompress when I get home. Um, where the Lexapro helps me with my day stuff, the marijuana helps me with my night stuff. But yeah, I just want to use my story. Like it's a very sad story. And for those who listened, again, my mother, she just really wanted to be the one to help me because she had the education, the experience. But she also had her own shit she was going through. She was going through a divorce, a new marriage, like a younger sister who is a lot to handle. I love her, but she's a lot. Katie can you agree with me on that one.
1: Yeah, we so, love you, but you are a little bit much sometimes. Yeah,
0: so I was just kind of... its She didn't want to medicate me because medications also have the ability to affect a diagnosis in a negative way. Like, maybe I wouldn't have gotten properly diagnosed at 21 because I could have been heavily medicated. And ADHD medications can really, like damage a child um because they just make you kind of a zombie if you do it diagnosed wrong and so there's nothing against my parents when the, they, they wanted to help in their own way it just wasn't what was helping me but yeah I just hope the story helps people recognize that other women or young females like they need attention just like males
1: do and that so bringing it back a little bit. Um... How is your relationship now with food since you were really like a certain point? Um, how do you like think about food? The scale makes me
0: cry a lot because I'm a bigger girl and I love my body. I really do. Um, like I love that I have big boobs and a nice ass. Like I love myself, but it's definitely hard sometimes. Um, I also don't get hungry. Like today, like some days I won't eat and I'm not hungry. But like today, I. Ate, like, five Cheez-Its.
1: No, I feel you on that. I haven't been hungry today.
0: Yeah. So, some days I'm hungry. Some days I'm starving. Um, it's a lot of, like, some days I'm like, all right, eat what you want. The weed doesn't help the munchies. I will say that. So, like, when I get high off my, like, medical stuff to, like, calm me down, I'll get the munchies really bad. And then I'll wake up the next day hating everything I ate
1: but you make yourself throw up again, or no? No. Okay. So, you just kind of deal with
0: it? I'm kind of, yeah, I'm dealing with it. No, I have The last time, the only times I make, that's why, like, when I, like, when you see me hungover and, like, are drunk, I'll be, like, oh, just gonna do it, because yeah. it's
1: so, and I can, like, I'm. And by do it, because she's, she's, like, moving her body right now, she means throw up, like, pull. Yeah, and you're, like, called? pull the plug. Yeah.
0: So, Katie's always, like, don't make yourself, and I'm always, like, I could literally sit there. Like, I could do it right now. I'm not going to. we are in your bedroom, that'd be nasty. And I could just, like, I've got, I could literally just, like, and make myself right now.
1: Yeah, you're just, you're so used to it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how long ago it was. You know what I mean? That was, like, a common, well, a second nature yeah. thing. For you. And
0: I still, every time I don't feel good, rather than, like, letting your body throw up naturally like you're supposed to or just, like, suffering through the not feeling good, I'll make myself throw up.
1: Well, I kind of relate to you on that. Not from a bulimic or, like, uh, ED kind of thing, but, mm-hmm. like, I get migraines, and, like, sometimes those make me throw up. I, I could just wait it out and I'll mm-hmm. throw up, but, like, yeah. I'm like you. Migraines, the only way that I'm going to feel better is if I go to bed, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be puking, you know, asphyxiating myself in my sleep. Yeah. So I'll just fucking pull the plug and then go to bed. Like, mm-hmm. if I know I'm going to throw up at some point, I just fucking do it then, get it over with. Because I feel a lot better afterwards. Mm-hmm. That feeling that, yep. you're like, in your throat is gone and everything is just, like, safe and sound again. <laughs> um, but it's weird because some people can't do that. Most people, I think, can't do that. They, mm-hmm. They're like, you, you would rather yeah. throw up? And it's like, yeah, I'd rather feel better. We mm-hmm. are not in any way, shape, or form saying that you should make yourself throw up especially well, if you have an eating disorder, mm-hmm. but.
0: So, one time for eighth grade, we went to the Washington, D.C. trip, and I also get really bad motion sickness. I get nauseous extremely easily, um, and it was my first time ever on a play at 14, small-town girl life, and I was nauseous. My mom was like, eat something, eat something, and she got me a bagel because I hadn't eaten breakfast, and, and I was like. That's That's, well. That's heavy. That's heavy. Oh. And. That's heavy on top of the fact that eighth grade was a prime time for my eating disorder. And so I was like, mom, no, 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 no. And sure enough, I was the 14 year old girl. Like my body wouldn't even like eat. I took a bite and I just like, Ooh! sorry guys for everyone who heard that. <laughs> no, I love, I love. <laughs> so yeah, I just like couldn't handle it. Um, every day is a new challenge for me. I will say that, but I'm living. I really do love my body.
1: That's good. That takes time.
0: Yes. It took a lot of time. Um, okay, so, like, I finally sent my first ever full-body nude. My, I never put my face in them. But, like, I it was literally not even full-body. It was, like, my stomach up without my face in it. And I loved it. Like, absolutely freaking loved it. And I never loved my stomach in nudes.
1: And keep in mind, we've actually both done boudoir shoots. Yes. Um, I did mine... A year ago, and she did hers a few months ago, right?
0: Yes, and I purposely... And the thing is, even a few months ago, I was like, I don't like the stomach ones. I don't like the stomach ones. When we sat down afterwards and, like, chose which one we were going to keep, I was like, I don't like those, I don't like those. And then all of a sudden, one came up where I'm, like, bent over, and my stomach's kind of hanging out, and I was like, I love that. Like, so what? And part of it, too, is my sister and like, is super, super skinny. It's like, that was another hard image growing up with, and... I was like, I love that I'm a curvy girl. Sad story, but happy ending.
1: I'm glad that you have, yeah, your regimen that you use now. Mm -hmm. You seem to be more stable most times when I talk to you. You know what I mean? And, like, more level-headed, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that I definitely have hard times where, like, some days are really, really low for me, and that's always going to happen for me, and that's something I'm aware of. Um, But... Now I'm more aware of why it's happening and I'm more aware of when it's going to happen and how to control it versus the like,
1: you're just dramatic. You're so emotional. You know? The classic cliches that every girl gets mm-hmm. for some reason. But I mean, I'm actually that way. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Not a lot. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining in. If you guys have stories of your own that kind of relate to this, DM us, let us know. Um, We can read them anonymously if you want so other people can relate to your stories too. Um, Sandra, do you have anything else to add?
0: I know it was dark, but I appreciate you all listening to my story and I hope it helps somebody.
1: We just want this to be a comfortable platform where we can both open up about our experiences and hope that other people can relate and understand that they're not abnormal, that they... They also have other experiences that make them who they are. And ultimately, we just want to love ourselves in the end. That sounded a little bit hippie, but... But it's true. It is true. It's <laughs> a <the> goal. Bye! <laughs> Hey guys, um, before we get started in today's episode, I just wanted to give a little disclaimer.
0: This may be a trigger warning for some as I'm going to tell my story with my struggles of eating disorders and mental health along with suicide. Um, please keep that in mind when you continue to listen, and we will not take any offense if you choose to skip over this episode this week. Again, we care for you, our listeners, and again, uh, You do not have to listen to this one. Keep yourself first and your mind and body as healthy as you can. Thank you all.